0: What's up everybody it is Casey with two Worlds podcast and with me as always is the storm shadow to my snake eyes it's Jake how you doing buddy I'm great dude how are you today I'm not too bad did you see the snake eyes movie <laughs> nope did you nope no I did not I was I, I'm like moderately interested but there's a list of movies that mean the girlfriend still have to see and that's very low on it. So you Really? Know. I thought that would jump straight to the top. Well, okay. So, fun fact. I don't really get a say. <laughs> <laughs> so, we saw The Purge this weekend. Instead of Black Widow. So, like that shows you the amount of say I have.
1: I saw the trailer for The Purge and thought, that looks like Dog... Well, Dookie. <laughs> How was I it? I mean like a
0: purge movie
1: like it's just like
0: dumb that means nothing to me <laughs> it's like oh wow this one is different than the others because it's the purge is lasting for forever but it's just lots of people killing that's it it's like this one's trying to be like I think I don't know if all of them are trying to be political but it's like this one's trying to be political in it but it's like misses the mark like they kind of like the last one I saw was trying to be political and it's like They just kind of missed the mark because
1: they're not that good. (laughs) Okay. Well, darn, I was going to rush out and see it too. I guess I'll miss this one. I mean, you can just,
0: this is what we'll do. And by we, I mean just you. You will watch all of the Purge movies and the TV shows, and you'll be like, which one's the best? And you'll get back to us next week.
1: Yeah. Let me go on record and say that I'm absolutely not going
0: to do that. Unless we get three people in the comment section saying do
1: it Jake do it <laughs> okay your three bot accounts do not <laughs> matter to me it's, it's not happening all right fine <laughs> all right let's do our news segment i have two things so i will let you talk for a while
0: okay so to start things off leslie grace has been cast as barbara gordon for hbo max she previously starred in in the heights which i did not watch because as i found out while trying to watch hamilton i think musicals are stupid i like i'll I'll like the music but then as soon as i see them dance i'm like boy this is dumb so i just can't can't get into it but have you seen in the heights or know anything about this lady
1: i googled her casey yeah yeah i did what'd what'd you learn well i learned that for those that listen to last week's podcast my theory is staying true (laughs) (laughs) now i have to ask
0: though because i mean like all good conspiracy theories you like to pick and choose what about barbara gordon and titans who's still a ginger
1: Is she, though? She's redheaded. I know she's in the trailer for a split second, but I really didn't get a good look at her. Yeah, I
0: mean, I wouldn't say, like, she's full-on ginger, but I also really, for the most part, wouldn't say Barbara's full-on ginger. She's mostly just redheaded, you know, nine times
1: out of ten. Sure. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know anything about this actress at all, so hopefully she is a good actress what more I, can you say hopefully they make I am, her a redhead <laughs> yeah i am gonna just gripe
0: though like and this has nothing to do with the the casting but it's like the more i hear about this specific thing the dumber it seems because it's like it's its own universe it won't be connected to any of the other batmans any of this other stuff it's like now nah, we're just gonna have our own thing it's like that's not gonna work at all i don't think but i thought keaton was gonna be involved no, that like the newest thing I heard is this is separate from every other Batman related thing in the DC universe. It's just multiverse. They're just going like, nah, this is just a backroll
1: universe now. Okay. <laughs> and it's- so it's gonna be another one of those shows where they can talk about Batman, but we're never ever gonna see anything. Maybe or maybe Batman does, doesn't even
0: exist in this universe. We don't know. It's it's really dumb, though. It's like, why not connect stuff? I mean, heck, just have her be Keaton versus Batgirl and have Michael Keaton in it. You know, like you. I know they don't want to like constrain their creators to you know having to you know do their job and be in continuity. But whatever. Like it's just, I don't know. It's pretty dumb to me.
1: That is pretty dumb. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that, so I thought that, that Keaton was going to be jumping around, playing mentor to all these characters, and... <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be the way.
0: smart thing to do, but as we have talked about before, DC doesn't like doing smart things.
1: Yeah, like... And everybody knows that the Casey and I love DC, but man, do they make stupid choices sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, and... For the most part, they don't do it in the comics like it's 100% just in their their movie wing or however you want to do it like maybe it's just the Warner Brothers influence. I don't know. But yeah, it's just I don't I don't get how they how they have a, you know, like a like anyone that can look at that business model and go this is going to make lots of money. It's like it's not.
1: I mean, let's say it does blow up. That's then going to make Warner Brothers say, oh, we need Batgirl in the movies now, but it's going to be a different actress. Yeah. So we're (laughs) going to get someone new. I want it to do well. But man, that makes me not very happy. (laughs) Yeah. No,
0: I mean, the only way like that I'm going to say this, a way that it could could have worked and. It won't work now because like he's not connected is like if this would have been part of the Snyderverse, but since he's not really connected to stuff until they get rid of certain people, you know, at there and that's in power. Like when the discovery merger happens, he's not connected to anything Warner Brothers is doing. So it's like we can't even fall back on that. Like had this been a Snyderverse thing, I'd be like this. That would be fine. But with it not being that even I'm like, "I I don't think this is gonna be good. Yeah okay all right and then uh some more casting news uh the upcoming injustice animated movie has the cast this is all via the uh, cultured nerd so we have justin hartley as superman anton mount as batman laura bailey as lois lane uh rama kushna or and rama kushna zach callison as damian and jimmy olsen brian t delaney as green lantern Brandon Michael Hall as Cyborg, Edwin Hodge as Mr. triffic slash Killer Croc, Oliver Hudson as Plastic Man, Gillian Jacobs as Harley Quinn, Yuri Lowenthal as Mirror Master, Flash, Shazam, Derek Phillips as Nightwing and Aquaman, Kevin Pollock as Joker slash Jonathan Kent, that's going to be interesting, Anika Noni Rose as Catwoman, Reed Scott as Green Arrow slash Victor Saz, uh, Farron Tahir as Rachel ghoul uh, Fred Tatasciore as Captain Adam, Janet Varney as Wonder Woman, and Andrew Morgado as Mirror Master. Lots of people. Uh, studio expects it to premiere later this year. Are you excited about this at all,
1: or can you not really care? No, I don't really care. Um, but I really, really adore Laura Bailey and Janet Varney. They're two yeah. of my favorite voice actresses. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, We'll see how it is. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be good. I wonder how many of these people are are reprising their role
1: because
0: I know some of them for sure were not from the video game but it's like how hard would it have been just to get the same video game cast because they all did great. Probably not too hard. Yeah, you'd think so I mean, I don't know. And then My last bit of news I'll share before I let you talk is going to be a little bit like a little thing. It's a Dragon Ball Super movie title was announced. It's going to be called such a stupid name. Dragon Ball Super Super Superhero the movie. (laughs) It sounds like a joke. I know. Like it just sounds like this was the bad Google translate for what the actual title is. Right. Right um but it like when they announced this they also had like character designs for goku piccolo pan krillin and this new character that that's nameless it's set to release in 2022 i mean that's about all we get the, the new character looks kind of interesting kind of like also like some of the characters that you would just see in the movies were like where you're like i don't know who this guy is
1: but i guess he could be cool type of thing you know right I mean, I'm excited for a new movie just because I Same. love Dragon Ball Super. But I mean, my goodness, could they, <laughs> could they have chosen a worse title? Yeah, I want right. to hear like a really good, like uh, you know, trailer voice say that. You know, right? That be Dragon great. Ball Super Superhero the movie. It's just so <laughs>
0: stupid. I hope they somehow work the title in to like Goku and Vegeta talk like yelling at the guy like you know they somehow say Dragon Ball Super Superhero the movie again their voices as they're like charging up or something
1: that's when you know they've truly sold out yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay my first bit of news so Brian K Vaughn emailed comic shops and let everybody know that saga is returning soon. All right. He, he did this in like an announcement that they're putting out this box set of trades for everything up to this point. And let me find his little blurb here. All right. Hey retailer friends Brian K. Vaughn here interrupting your regularly scheduled solicitation to say thank you for your undying patience while Fiona Staples and I have been hard at work on the second half of hazel's epic journey. We promise exciting news is coming and then he goes in and talk about the slipcase a little bit and uh, he says thanks again we look forward to gracing your stands with more issues very soon. I get the feeling that when Socket does return, it will launch with its best-selling issue to date. Could there be a much-denied TV or movie adaptation in the offing as well? But just for the comic alone, comic shops and readers alike have really missed it. And then it uh, goes on to talk about Paper Girls stuff, too. But anyway, if nobody's read it up to this point, no matter who you are, you would like it. And, uh you could get that that nice slipcase. It's did you see the slipcase by chance? I did not. It's uh it's just goose fishing off of the back of a large walrus. It's pretty nice. awesome.
0: <laughs> so I was under the impression that this next like this next arc would be the the like the last of it, but like the way that sounds it sounds like we're only halfway done and that's super exciting.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if he meant it as like there's gonna be a hundred issues. He just said the that's second what half. it is.
0: He's under contract now. If he breaks the contract,
1: <laughs> he's dead to me. So you know, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be more than one arc, though.
0: Yeah, By By that's the way,
1: exciting. Exciting stuff. Because I've been I've been counting down the days.
0: Okay, so Michael B. Jordan is reportedly going to use his production company to introduce Earth 2 Superman Val Zod via HBO Max. So that's exciting. I mean, we're getting the like the weird period piece Black Superman movie. Then we're getting a Val Zod movie. And there's still rumors of like a Man of Steel 2 starring Henry Cavill coming out. And then we have Lois and Clark Superman. So it's like they're not Lois and Clark, that uh, Superman and Lois TV show. So it's like, we're getting lots of Superman live action. So, I mean, I hope hope some of the Man of Steel stuff is, you know,
1: actually pans out too. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that anytime we've talked about this, we've said, you know, whichever Black Superman they go with, I'm all about I just also want more Henry Cavill Superman both can be a thing so please let both be a thing I really would love like
0: because I remember there was an issue like I think it was final crisis where like earth Two Superman teamed up with regular Superman to fight Superman Prime how cool would it be if we had Val Zod super you know Henry Cavill Superman and the unnamed You know, Black Superman from the period piece, Superman all team up to take down some big baddie and like a big movie. That'd be awesome.
1: It would be very
0: awesome. Will it happen? No. But would it be cool? Absolutely.
1: (laughs) We're here, Warner Brothers. If you would just return (laughs) our calls, we've got plenty of ideas for you. Jeff Johns has still blocked me, so I don't think that's happening.
0: and uh rob gillory uh he posted on instagram to say that more farmhand is coming the bad news of this though is he plans to end it in 10 to 11 issues so it's too bad i really like this series but i'm glad it's coming back
1: for sure then
0: my last bit of news the uh, kaiju score when we when I first talked about that comic being announced, it was already auctioned off for a movie. So some stuff about the movie kind of came out. Uh, Brian and Mark Gunn, who co-wrote and co-produced Brightburn, which is the weird Superman is a kid movie that kills people. Did you see that? Nope. It was, eh. But um, they're adapting the screenplay. Not much of the movie plot has been like out yet. So like we don't know how if it's going to even stick close to the comic, if the char- same characters, or if they're just doing their own thing, with you know the same basic premise of a, you know score like a kaiju score, you know scored basically, and uh, it's gonna be a Sony movie, like that's about that's about all it's known. But at least the wheels are turning. I'm really excited to see it.
1: I will definitely see it, even though I didn't read the book. The premise you'd sounded like pretty neat.
0: Yeah, you. I think you'd like the book if you ever get you know
1: free time. anyway my last thing so scott snyder's company uh his publishing company uh what's it called something jacket dang it what is it i just had it up here best jacket press um is moving to comiXology for their comiXology originals debut and he's got comics uh, eight new comics coming out, <laughs> drawn by rafael Albuquerque, Greg Capullo, Francesco Francovilla, Jamal Igel, Jock, Tula Lote, Francis Manipole, and Dan Panosian, uh, which is an insane lineup, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And rather than image comics putting these into print after the fact, uh dark horse is actually going to put them out and i say good good for you dark horse yeah um so i've got the little blurbs up here and i will read them to you now the first one is barnstormers and that is the one that tula lote is doing and that one is a high-flying adventure romance set just after just after the first world war um Tula art is fantastic. Like they showed one page with no words or anything on it, just art. And already I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm all in (laughs) on that one. And then there's The Book of Evil, which is Jock's book. And it's a prose story about four young friends growing up in a strange near future where over 90% of the population are born as psychopaths. Um, Then there's Canary, which is Dan Panosian's book. It's 1891, and a mine collapses into itself. Find out what the dark substance found 666 feet underground is in this horror western. Then Clear, which is Francis Manipal's, and it's a sci-fi mystery thrill ride into a strange dystopian future where a neurological internet connection is transforming reality. Then we've got Duck and Cover, which is Raphael Albuquerque's, and it's a manga-influenced teen adventure set in the strange post-apocalyptic America of 1955 in conjunction with Albuquerque's Stout Club Entertainment. So I don't know if that's like his team of artists that work with him, but anyway. Then we've got Dudley Dotson and the Forever Machine, which is Jamal Igle and Juan Castro. And teenager Dudley Dat- Dotson finds himself the keeper of a device that opens up time and space. But when Dudley finds himself on an earth where dinosaurs rule, can he find his way back? Then Knight of the Ghoul, which is Francisco Um a dazzling work of horror intercutting between the present day narrative and the story of a lost horror film. Have no idea what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then finally we have demons, which is Greg Capullo's. And that one is the conflict between good and evil is about to come to a head. When a teenage hero embarks on a journey that unveils a secret society monsters and mayhem so there you go casey do any of those stick out to you
0: honestly they all sound pretty dang awesome so i'm interested are they all just one shots basically or what's the like do you have any idea how many like is it mini series or
1: if i had to guess mini series but yeah it just says creator-owned comics (laughs) yeah are you
0: man which one are you like need this one
1: um you know barnstormers could be cool i like period pieces so that like 1891 minor one could be pretty neat um but man like i'm a big fan of all those artists i'm Mm -hmm. not even like a horror fan at all but I'm sure that Francisco Francovilla one's gonna be really cool. So
0: And I know you didn't read Afterlife with Archie, but Francisco Francovilla does horror like I mean you know from like Black Mirror with like when he did the you know that he
1: does the like just kind of get me on the edge of your seat super well. Yeah. And the page of his art that it shows, I mean it's it's just like that. So yeah. I I don't know. I think I think all of those are going to be ones to to look out for. Yeah. And for again, sure. I, I'm I'm glad that it's a dark horse getting these instead of the usual like image or boom. You know. Yeah. Just nice to see someone else get it. So, um, really quick, I put
0: this in the notes because I forgot. But the um, Eisner's happened this weekend. Do you want to talk about that at all, or do you care? Go for it, man. I didn't well, I'm look po- at anything. I'm, I know peach Mom- uh, Momoko won for um best cover art and that one like just like she did a like one of the ones that she won for was a power Rangers one which it's like if anything's gonna get someone to want to read the power Rangers comic holy crap it's that one because it <laughs> looked so good but I'm trying to find where all the different winners, all right, so this is from CBR.com, if I can find it. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Oh, I don't want to see the nominees. I want to see who won. All right. Best short story. I don't care about best short story, best single issue. S- Sports is Hell by Ben Passmore won, which I don't know what that one is. We got to get to the ones that we actually read. Um, okay, best limited series. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber won, which... Good on (laughs) you. Best new series, Black Widow by Kelly Thompson and Alina Casagrande. One best publication for early readers. Uh, This is up to age eight. So this is like our section, the stuff that we love. (laughs) And uh, Our Little Kitchen one by Jillian Tamaki. Best publication for kids nine to 12. Superman Smashes the Clan by Gene Luen Yang and Garahiru. Maybe that's how you pronounce the last name. But uh, best publication for teens ages 13 to 17 Dragon Hoops by Gene Liu and Yang. Just cleaning up. He hope, is. He gets one for every, hope he gets one for every age group. Uh, best humor publication Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. Best anthology uh, Menopause, a comic treatment edited by MK Scissor Week. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. Best reality based work. Kent State for Dead in Ohio by Durf Backdurf Best graphic memoir The Loneliness of the Long Distance Cartoonist by Adrian Tomine Best graphic album Pulp by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips which hey, deserved you read it. that one Yeah no that's like some peak uh, Ed Brubaker So best graphic album reprint Seeds and Stems by Simon Hanselman Best Adaptation from Another Medium. Superman Smashes the Clan. Adapted by Gene Luen Yang and Guru Hiru. Best U.S. Dish, edition of International Material. Goblin Girl by Moa Ramanova. Translations by Melissa Bowser, Bowers. Not Bowser. Best U.S. Edition of International Material. Uh, Ramina by Junji <laughs> Ito. are some of these? I don't know. Uh, I'll skip this one because that's another one. It's like, what is this? Uh, best writer so james tynan for something Is killing children wind batman department of truth and razor blades which is like it's hard to knock that one i mean there's a like a lot of good choices with ed brubaker matt fraction jonathan hickman jeff Flamere, and chip sadarsky but it's like the only other person that even comes close to matching all the different stuff james Tynan worked on is jeff Flamir. so i mean it makes it okay. like
1: like volume you know doesn't always matter I, like of those who would you pick personally I
0: mean I probably go with Chippy but what I'm saying as far as volume it's like he like Jeff Lemire at the stuff of his I read killed it on all of it James Tynan killed it on all of it Chip Zdarsky they only had three things for his and he killed it on all three but it's like Tynan has more killing it on more you know killing on more so it's like yeah you know you just win. You win because it's like, oh yeah, you bu- guys are both up here, but you're doing more, so you get more points that way. <laughs> right. Uh, best writer slash artist, and that's Junji Ito, uh, for Venus in the Blind
1: Spot. That's got to be a manga if it's busy. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: best penciler slash inker or penciler slash inker team, and this is Michael Allred. So, for Bowie Stardust, Ray Guns, and Moonage Daydreams.
1: That was an incredibly drawn book. I got really? that one. So, yeah, that one absolutely deserves it.
0: Oh, yeah. This is, this is the one I told you about. And like I said, if you're listening to this, Google it, because I don't have the picture right in front of me. But Peach Momoko uh, won Best Cover Artist for her Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Mighty Morphin, number two. Look that one up by Peach, because it's... Oh, wow. Something is Killing the Children, number twelve. Or it might have been Power Rangers number one, because she did Power Rangers number one also. Uh, Dynamite, Vampire, Vampirella, uh, The Crow, and Marvel Variants. So, yeah, she deserved that. Best coloring, Laura Allred for X-Ray Robot. Bowie Stardust, Ray Guns, and Moon Age Daydreams. Best lettering went to Stan Sakai for Usagi Jimbo. Uh, Best comics-related journalism periodicals, Women's Right... Uh, About comics edited by Nola Pafu and Wendy Brown. Best comics related book, Invisible Men, The Trailblazing Black Artist of Comic Books by Ken Quartro. Best academic slash scholarly work. The content of our caricature, African-Americans comic art and political belongings by Rebecca Wienzo. Jeez Louise, how many things were there?
1: Best digital
0: comic, Friday by Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin. Uh, That one's really good. I'm not going to best webcomic is Crisis Zone by Simon Hanselman. And that's it. But yeah, did you look at that while, while we were, while I was saying the other ones that you look at? Wasn't that amazing?
1: Yeah, so she did one of those for each Ranger, like on a different issue. Wow. So yeah, that's awesome. All of them look amazing. But that is all
0: of our news
1: okay let's take our advertising break and we will be right back all right thanks for listening to the ad or if you guys want to hear me complain about a terrible marvel fanboy i had in the shop this week go check out my exclusive story on the youtube but now we will get into the books we read this week and casey i will let you tell us first so I read Gamma Flight number two. Godzilla,
0: uh the you know monsters and whatever, monster protectors, I think. Godzilla covers it up in line. So I'm but uh Layla Star, number four, Chu number six, Flash, seven seven, two, superman and the authority, one of four. Shazam, one of four, catwoman, number thirty-three and blue and gold one of eight
1: what about you man okay i'll say mine in a sec but i am absolutely devastated that i forgot to bring home superman and the authority because i had (laughs) every intention of reading that this week i was actually really excited for it (laughs) and i and i was like yeah this i mean this looks like everything yeah but anyway I read Apex Legends overtime number 2, Sonic the Hedgehog number 42, uh, Darth Vader number 14, War of the Bounty Hunters job of the hut, Thor annual number 1, Nightwing number 82, Moon Knight number 1, Shazam number 1, Catwoman 33 and Blue and Gold number 1. Nice, man. Thank you got a little more than me again. All right, well, I'll start her off. Apex Legends, Overtime, number two. This is written by Jesse Stern and Tom Cassiello and Manny Hagopian with pencils by Neil Edwards. This was like a neat book because it focuses on characters that I like, but it doesn't have anything to do with the first issue. Like it's a totally different team, um, and I don't need to go into it because you don't know any of these characters, and I don't know that anybody listening knows any of these characters. Uh, Is that Tracer in it? No, that's Overwatch. Overwatch. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was neat. I just don't. I just don't know what's going on, really. You know, because it didn't mm-hmm. tie into the first one and the end it's like oh it's kind of a cliffhanger but is the next one just going to be about another group of characters because it's only going to be four issues and they've only done like not even half the characters so yeah
0: here here's a question because wasn't the last one kind of a cliffhanger too yeah
1: yeah so could it it be like
0: the third issues does something you know with these other ones kind of a cliffhanger the fourth one wraps all of them up together like could mean, they, they like could, all... they could
1: pull a a Tarantino movie at the end, maybe. But yeah, uh, I didn't know how like far apart each you
0: know this series, this issue was
1: to the other one that they could connect them. Or I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it was fun and I liked it. It's just like, I mean, if it if it doesn't all come together, then this is bad. You yeah. know, uh, especially when if each one's gonna end on a cliffhanger, but. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. It would be much higher if it connected to anything. Um, plus, it's really cool to see a DNA draw my, you know, some of my favorite characters because <laughs> yeah. the arts are really good, and I love that color. But uh, yeah, anyway, seven out of ten.
0: Nice. Okay, right, so Gamma Flight number two. This is by Al Ewing and uh, Crystal Fraser with lan medina on the art and so yeah you have the like gamma flight with leonard Sampson still in sasquatch's body and titania and this one gamma like weird person all teaming up to kind of fight scar which like this is not a knock on alleyway when i say talk about scar But he's like the worst utilized character in marvel comics for a while now like they just dropped the ball on him harder than anything it's such a layup character that they could have made so cool and so interesting and they just blew it but this like there's a fight so we already have like sasquatch and titania trying to fight scar and they're getting beat up and the whole time they're fighting they're just talking about their love life which is so lame so so very lame uh and yeah i mean the, the art in it's pretty cool some of the things that happen in it are actually kind of neat we get a bunch of Hulkbusters, which like like that's just the worst name for these things because they do such a bad job and <laughs> um yeah it's just like i don't know where this is going and not enjoying the ride but this was better than the last issue. I'm going to give it a five out of 10 because, like, last issue, there's stuff that stuck with me that I'm like, this was really bad. This one, I'm just like, it's just kind of what I expect,
1: which is a five out of 10. <laughs> Two questions. First up, do you think they're throwing in Scar just because he's supposed to make a live action appearance? No, I think the
0: big reason why they're throwing him in is because. So back like several arcs ago that this just got dropped, but they're like Hulk was a doc green. That was his new personality. And he was just like, it was kind of, it seemed like it was leaning towards like a maestro type of thing was going to happen. And he was just getting rid of all of the different people that had, um, gamma, you know, mutations. He was just getting rid of their gamma mutations and he was going to be the only one left. And he got rid of scars. And so all these other characters are now popping back up and we still hadn't seen Scar. And then so now he's now back with his gamma powers back too. And like Al Ewing did try to just explain away because like it really kind of boils down to like, this was way back in um, the, his Immortal Hulk where he was like explaining how Betty got her powers back. It's just like when the green door opens, it stays open that's basically what it amounted to. It's like, you can't ever get rid of these powers for good. Same reason why Bruce can't die. It's stupid in my opinion, but it's like, at least he's trying to come up with a reason why that they came back, you know, from losing their powers, which is better than some writers can say. <laughs> so like, I do think, I do think that's the only real reason that he's bringing scar in is because it's like, I think by the end of Immortal Hulk, he's going to have all of the gamma characters, going at it with that devil thing you know
1: okay second question did you read that 2008 scar son of Hulk that Greg Pak wrote Uh,
0: so like this was it was like I think I got two or three issues from it because it was at Walden books at the time that's when I was getting my comics from there you know and it's like I think I got the second or third issue from it, and maybe like the seventh or eighth. You know, like I don't remember how long of a series it was, but I was like, I had two that weren't close to each other. So like, I was just like, oh, what's going on now? And like, all oh, so the destroyed, and he's like fighting Galactus or something. I'm like, I've missed so much. So <laughs> you know,
1: well, I can tell you, it ran for seventeen issues. Okay, and man, if you had the first issue. It's doing about 20 bucks right now. Ooh. Yeah. could could sell that and buy a bunch of Captain Atom that I've been thinking about buying. (laughs) Hey, I I know a guy. (laughs) All right. Next up for me then, I'll do Sonic the Hedgehog real quick. This is written by Ian Flynn with pencils by Tracy Yardley and in this issue the deadly six return um they basically bamboozle sonic sonic is just chilling out in snowville uh you know sipping some hot cocoa waiting for the six to turn up and they actually go right to his friend's headquarters and start just destroying everything and hurting people and sonic like Runs faster than he's ever run before whenever his friends call him and let him know. And it's pretty cool to see him get like serious with his speed and get angry because you don't get that very often in this book. So he's just like breaking sound barriers to get there in time. And a lot of stuff happens in between there. But he shows up at the end and, uh, you know, has his his nineties kind of edgy quip that he has and uh, sets up for a big fight for next issue. So I'm kind of hoping that he still channels that anger and it doesn't go back to like completely goofy all the time. Cause it would be nice to see him kind of give these guys the beating that they deserve, especially when they hurt his friends. But, uh, but it was a cool issue. Like pretty much anyone that's been in this series since IDW took over uh almost all of them have popped up in this issue uh so it'll be neat to see kind of everything come together here but anyway it was pretty cool better than some others that i've read recently and i like all of them but uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it like an eight out of ten i think
0: nice man i hope after sonic beats these guys he gets a nice chili dog does he still I like those so too. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. I didn't know if that was just like that one cartoon from when we were kids. The <laughs> joke one, not the not the serious one if that was just a
1: thing from that. So I was just like, they oh. they kept it going. They're like, "You know what? This chili dog thing, there's something to it." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope I hope they uh Ballpark
0: Ballpark Frank and IDW teams up for a Sonic <laughs> Sonic hot dog thing. <laughs> oh gosh, I would love that. I want the uh, packaging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do like uh, the Ghostbuster guys when anything Ghostbuster comes out or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's food related, they just keep it <laughs> like there's this guy following Instagram. He's like, I still have all of the ecto coolers from the 80s. And I'm like, that can't be any good.
1: <laughs> man, I wonder how much money it would take for him to, to, to try it. I don't know. I bet people
0: are buying it and then trying it and dying probably, though. Because he'll, like, he he'll post it up like, like, oh, it's up to sell on eBay. I'm like, I don't know why someone would buy it, but
1: good on you, man. I feel like with the name Ecto Cooler, you're down to get something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay so uh godzilla monsters and protectors number four so this is you know by uh, ed ed burnham with dan shooing on the art and still like i like this series okay but it is very much not for me and that's one thing that's like i'm okay with because this, this is more of a kid-friendly book it's pretty fine like we get some fights between godzilla and violante i just want to know how strong like physically strong this godzilla is because in my one of my books i had when i was a kid Biolante was the heaviest godzilla like monster and in this godzilla picks him up picks her up over his head throws her in the air and then shoots her with fire <laughs> throws her like she weighs ba- practically nothing she's like i'm going to google her weight really quick cuz i know it's it's more than it was like more than space godzilla and um mecha kingador and all of them so she's a big old
1: woman so you know it's got to be pretty big if i mean maybe godzilla just went into the hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> maybe <laughs> i like that
0: google tries to finish it so i'm like wait then it's like gain or loss. I'm like, no, I don't need to know the Violante's <laughs> weight gain. Okay, so her final form was 200,000 tons. That's a big old, big old monster. So, and he just chucks it like it was nothing. So, yeah, it that was pretty odd. But sounds like we're gonna get Mothers soon. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's per a perfectly fine series. It's just like I said, not really for me because it's more kid centered but I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10
1: so okay let, let's do this like channel kid Casey who is still very much into Godzilla would you like be loving this I don't know
0: because like that's one thing is like I would probably just care more about the art because I really don't care about the kids I would probably just care about the monster fight and it's like the art in it it's just kind of
1: Yeah,
0: and so like with this violante fight it should be a lot cooler than it really is in my opinion and that's a that's a big knock for me because like i can take like oh yeah you're doing you know these kids that are fine like they're you know you're not getting the annoying dub like i would get when i was a kid when i was watching them i hated those movies that they had the kids in it because like those dubs were terrible but (laughs) like we're not getting that aspect of it but it's just like at the at the same time like i want to see cool monster fights at the very least and this art that art so i like it for certain things but for this for the cool monster fights it just doesn't work
1: okay i'm just gonna do these star wars books uh kind of together so we've got uh, Darth Vader number 14. This is written by Greg Pak and art by Raphael. You mean Stanley? Yeah, written by <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> That's a joke from my YouTube story. So again, mm-hmm. go check that out. But uh, this is basically what Vader was doing right up till he walked in the, the Han Solo auction and was like, he's mine. Uh I didn't I didn't know any of the characters or what's happening. So I had no clue what was going on in this man. Like anybody that's just getting this crossover got robbed of you know their 399 with this one because it didn't matter. <laughs> I gotcha. Um Is, but can i say it's bad because of that just because i didn't i haven't been reading anything else i don't know you know what i mean like is it a bad issue because they slap more of the bounty hunters on it and has nothing to do with that or
0: i'm i'm gonna say it can be because it's like it, they slap that on there every, and in in my personal opinion every book should be able to be sat on, you know, you should be able to read any book out there especially if it's a part of a big old thing like that and jump in it as a new reader like they should like I love Greg Pak and I don't say a lot of bad things about him but that's someplace that he seems like he must have dropped the ball because like as a new reader you they should be able to kind of work you in and kind of explain things even if it's just like little subtext give that to you as a reader
1: right fair enough well in that case I'm going to say it wasn't great I mean, we see the Emperor and uh you know that okay, I, I guess I can just show him to you. He was in the prequels, like whenever Palpatine was trying to take over the Senate. This blue guy with the uh, the horns, yeah, you know, who I'm talking about, like he's in it. So there's characters I'm like, oh I know who that is, but like the rest of it is just like, okay, these are all characters from the Vader series up to this point, but I just don't know what's going on. So, uh, so I guess in that case, I'll I'll give it like a four because the art's real good. The art did look good there. And, you know, spoiler alert, we get to see Vader slice IG 88 in half. And that is pretty neat. But like, otherwise I just had no idea what's going on. Yeah. And then in the same, uh, you know, crossover, we've got the Jabba the hot special, which was written by Justina Ireland and art done by, oh gosh, Ibram Robertson and Luca Pizzari. And yeah, this, this was like a much better issue. It's just Jabba... Uh, Just like scheming and stuff and boba trying to catch up to him and figure out where solo is so like it wasn't too much better by any means uh but i did like the art uh, a good bit more in this so i'm gonna give it uh give it a six but even still it's like at this point now we're just to classic marvel where they're just milking this thing for everything
0: that's how it's how it was sounding, yeah.
1: Like but it sucks because I can't just switch to only getting the actual War of the Bounty Hunters issues because some of these issues do tie in and they're very good, yeah. like I've said. But you just don't know which ones it's gonna be. So it's a crapshoot.
0: Yeah. Did like I know you weren't super hot on the Darth Vader but are you like did any of you did any of it have you kind of interested in being like I kind of want to go back and read more of this because I I know Greg Pak's a really good writer so I mean I could see that happening especially as a Star Wars fan
1: so one of the characters that I saw in there I know is a new character from this run where he's like a, a new assassin who was sent after Vader and now it seems like he is very loyal to Vader and I heard that that his arc was very good, so I have wanted to go back and read that, and then maybe all this would make sense. Um, but if it weren't for that character, knowing that his arc was good, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and you know, the the stuff I've read from Greg Pak, I also like. I don't really have strong feelings about him one way or the other. But yeah, if they were like, if you like this, be sure to check out Job of the Hut mini series coming out in september i'd be like nah, i don't think so <laughs> yeah i got you man <laughs> but like at this point we are we still have august september and october where each of those months have like five or six issues and wow. i'm now i'm i'm leaning towards i'm gonna pick it up on the shelf skim it see if it's actually going to matter before i pick it up because yeah I mean it, we're still going through Vader regular Star Wars, Doc Afra Bounty Hunters, The War of the Bounty Hunters and then we've got specials for like all of the Bounty Hunters. So, so you liked the Doctor Afra one, right, didn't you? It was fine, but it also brought back Dirge from, you know, Gendy's show oh, so yeah. like I don't know. We'll see. Like it's going to be I'm more inclined to pick up like the IG 88 special and uh there's one for Boosh, which is who Leia, the bounty hunter Leia was like, you know, impersonating. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay, we know that Leia and Lando and Chewie are here. So she's bringing out the Boosh costume like that. I'm, I'm all in for right. Yeah. But, uh, some of these others it's like okay you're you're kind of losing me it was a very strong start and now it's just and I don't blame these writers it's Marvel right yeah 100% I, I highly doubt that Charles Soul was like okay this has to be in here <laughs> yeah
0: and I bet you I, I bet you dollars and donuts Pac was just like this is the next issue I'm writing and Marvel's like let's just slap this on it right you know because
1: like I doubt everybody it, wanted to be involved. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, we'll just slap this on and we'll make more money. Yeah. So it, it is a shame. And I, I don't blame the creators. And I'd never heard of the person that wrote this Java special. I'm sure if they wrote something that wasn't just thrown in the middle of an event, it might be a little bit better. Man, it you know, it's rough. It's yeah. rough.
0: All right so i'm going to talk about the mini deaths of Layla star which i'm about positive i forgot to include but thankfully jake did not forget so that was awesome i got you and this is thanks man this is by uh, ram v and illustrated by philip andrade and i really love this issue like Layla star walks into this old temple and the temple can talk to her because like random things can always talk to her and so it's telling her about how oh her you know the the temple's friend who was this old man that would always clean it up and you know pray at it and leave it always unlocked and all you know it was like like um the and you know she was wanting to look for the guy that's gonna get rid of death Layla does so she asked you know where such as you know where it is and he tells you know tells her how far away it is and like oh and my friend lives close could you check on him make sure he's okay and so she's uh, like yeah and so she leaves and she talks to the guy and the guy that, it's the same guy that, you know, she met as a kid and then she met him again at that party and so he's there and he's like talking about how you know he remembers her and every time she's around there's death and blah 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 and he doesn't like, you know, he doesn't really like her and he just talked about how he just buried his wife and so, you know, he kind of gets mad and yells at her and then Layla goes back to the temple and she tells the temple that, you know, his friend is dead and she then dies again, and she's then talking to a wife. And it sounds like the guy that's supposed to get rid of death isn't doing, isn't getting his job done, basically. So it's interesting. This is a really good issue, though. I really like it. I'm going to give this probably nine out of 10.
1: I really liked it. All righty. Okay. So I will do the four annual, which was written. And penciled by Aaron Cooter. And then colored by Chris O'Halloran. And I was talking off air to Casey that like normally I'm all about a Thor annual if it doesn't have anything to do with the regular series because it's usually Thor fighting one of his villains and it's just like a fun fight issue. This was not one of those. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've read anything else that Aaron Cooter has done. I know I've I've read plenty of books where he's just doing the art, but basically the light elves are holding this party, and Thor and the League of Realms show up to, to celebrate because one person from all the realms is supposed to be here for the celebration and the funny part is that the person that's calling out who's showing up as they're coming through the, the you know the bifrost portals they are like <laughs> and midgard's uh representative spider-man but hawkeye comes through <laughs> <laughs> and hawkeye's like wait what and thor's like Oh uh it's Hawkeye and uh he's like sorry uh Spider-Man was busy today and Hawkeye's like wait h- how many others did you ask before you asked me and uh <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was really funny and uh one of the other league of realms was like i thought you said we were supposed to get black panther and he's like was frank was was frank castle busy too and hawkeye's <laughs> like what the heck and you know that that was just yeah. super funny
0: that's 100 could be in the marvel universe like cinematic universe stuff too
1: yeah absolutely but basically the whole premise is this light elf priest is actually like a um, different universe's loki who brings through like this evil thor and is like making Thor see in his mind what would happen if instead of like everything that happened to him, if like the opposite happened and he like hooks up with Hela and becomes like the leader of the army of the dead. And he's still gets his arm ripped off and he's using this big ax and writing on uh, the Fenris wolf. And this Thor comes through and they have a fight for like half of a page then Thor just like grabs him and he's like, you know, I I'm the all father and I'm going to make you see the life that you could have had where everything good happens. And then he's like, now I'm going to send you back where you belong. And don't you ever come back here again or I'm going to finish you off next time. And uh, evil Thor goes away through the Bifrost and evil Loki disappears And then they just go back to the party. So, yeah. Pretty lame. Yeah, you don't
0: (laughs) sound impressed.
1: No. No. And, dude, there is just... I mean, this is nearly Bendis-level dialogue. Yeah. And, And that was for three quarters of the issue before we Mm -hmm. even get to where Loki's like, aha, here's my evil plan. He does the monologue. (laughs) I don't know why I did my Skeletor voice right there, but, (laughs) but anyway, uh, and then like the last few pages are part of this story called infinite fury, which I guess is happening in the back of all of Marvel's annuals, but I could not be bothered to read it because it was part five of eight. And I'm absolutely not picking up seven more of issues like these for other characters to see what's happening.
0: (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever, because it's one thing to do in a regular book. But in annuals, like. I don't know anyone that's like,
1: I'm going to read every annual collect all annuals like no Marvel. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Wow. this, This is a truly baffling issue. I'm going to give it a three only for the Hawkeye parts. Okay. <laughs> and like Aaron Cooter is a very good artist. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to take that away. It's just like, even on its own, this isn't a good story. Cause yeah. he, like at the end, none of it matters. Nothing happens. He's just like, you can be good. And don't you ever come around these parts anymore? Mm-hmm. Lame. I got you, man. All I'm right, really so I'm glad like, you didn't ask for it. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, like, like we talked about. it. I was on the verge,
0: but I'm like, I'm always iffy with annuals because I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna get it, and then I'm like, oh, this is written by Bilbo, and I has nothing to do with the main story. I don't care,
1: you know. Yeah, if so, it had been, I would have thrown it in just yeah. so you didn't miss out. But once I saw that it was like *Infinite Fury* Part Five, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna do yeah. that.
0: Then you're like i i also sent you infinite fury one through (laughs) four just so you could get caught up (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so next for me is true number six by john layman and don Boltwood, dan boltwood and i like this a lot i mean i didn't even know didn't even see this on you know the coming outs so that jake helped me out with this one too um but yeah so saffron is on a cruise ship now she you know just got out of jail last issue and she's like learned basically how to do all of the terrible things that prisoners know how to do so she's like she can safe crack she can cheat at gambling she can do all this other stuff and so then she found out about this thing that she can steal and this guy wanted her to you know join his team but the dude was like if you join my team i get to have sex with you all the time too and she's like okay and then she just blew his brains out and stole his invitation to the party that they're going to be going to. And then that's how it ends. And <laughs> it's like, man, I'm excited to see where this goes. Cause I love, I absolutely love this series. So I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Cause it, it, this is just a setup issue, you know? And like, I've never read a setup issue. That's like, Oh, this is perfect in every way, but it was still
1: really good. So am I wrong? Or had it been quite some time since It had, had been, issue. yeah, because he, like Layman,
0: kind of talks about it. Like basically, they just, uh, when COVID hit, a lot of crap happened. And they just kind of got a hundred percent behind because of that.
1: I wonder if they have one of the pencils down rules in effect.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just glad they're back because I'm, I missed it.
1: <laughs> All right. Nightwing eighty two. This was written by Tom Taylor and art was done by Bruno Redondo, Rick Leonardi, and Neil Edwards. All right, Casey, I'm starting to feel the Tom Taylor effect. Yeah, this book. This book has been good, but do you have any idea what's happening at all? Like, I know a little media? bit.
0: Didn't didn't he find out that he has like a secret sister? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, he did. So he takes what Tom Taylor does is he takes Chuck Dixon's perfect history for Dick Grayson. And he's like, what if we had this secret history that nobody knew about? And how often does that work out, Casey? Not very. <laughs> Not very. And I don't think it does here. Now, some people are going to say, well, I think he worked it in really well. And like he did try to make it make sense. So there's this Zuko daughter who's now the mayor of Bloodhaven. And like at the end of the last issue, Dick goes to this lady's house to like try and get some dirt on her. But for some reason, as soon as he gets through the window or gets to the window to break in, he becomes, he just forgets all of his training and just kind of clumsily climbs through the window and then gets knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> and he wakes up and he doesn't have his mask on. So now Zuko, what's her name? It's like Melinda or something like that. I don't know. And her. Was it- wasn't she
0: in like a, like a Tim Seeley run? The Zuko lady? or This is no, a I think it...
1: different one.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: Yeah. The, the other one was just Zuko's daughter. This yeah, one I... is uh, not even Zuko's daughter. She just has his last name. Oh, okay. Anyway, so now Zuko and this other lady just know Knows his identity, which I hate. I hate that. That happens all the time in books. They're just throwing out their identity all over the place, right? Uh, but anyway, this whole issue, uh, just explains the secret sister. And Zuko bought, like, bought this lady's mom. Uh, like a mail order bride, but definitely not legal, right? And she runs away at the circus that the the flying or Haley Haley's Haley Circus. I'll say Haley Circus, where the flying Graysons are. And uh, John Grayson basically just like hides this girl in his trailer, and Zuko leaves, and then this lady just joins the circus. And becomes good friends with John and I'm totally blank. Oh, Mary, Mary Grayson. But Tom Taylor makes it a point to add that they're not together at this point. They're the flying Grayson's, but they're not together. Why? Like, why would why would Mary agree to that? Well, they're just friends. Right? they're just maybe, friends.
0: You know, maybe it's, they it's were the
1: work wife.
0: They're, they're like, they're like, oh, well, no, we were cousins beforehand. We all just had the same last name. My my last
1: name never changed. I just, I was like, okay, they're not together. Then I was like, wait a minute, but they're the Flying Graysons. Like, why would it just? That's so dumb to me yeah anyway so i guess it's before john and mary realize oh we're into each other because we hang out all the time we live together at the circus and we're a part of the same act before all that happens john bangs this girl (laughs) knocks her up and then before she knows she's pregnant and before she tells john zuko tracks her down in uh, star city And kidnaps her back um anyway the mom lets lets her daughter grow up to you know like 10 or whatever age she is and and then the mom decides i'll track down john and let him know he has a daughter and this time when she leaves tony zuko zuko doesn't follow her lets her go because he's over her she goes to the circus and there they are, the Flying Graysons. They're married, and oh, they have a son named Dick that's part of their act. So Mama Zuko decides he seems happy. I don't want to like complicate their marriage with this, which I'm like, okay, fair enough. Uh, I guess you're robbing your daughter of knowing who her dad is, but whatever. Um, I do want to say that the flashback art is like really, really cool. That is nice, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the end of the backstory and Dick's just like, you know, you know Dick, he's like, a, he is in character. He's still super nice to her and he's like, it's wonderful to meet you. You know, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that everything turned out okay for you. And, yeah, um, then someone knocks on the door and daughter Zuko's friend is like, hey, uh, the cops are here and Blockbuster's with them. So then it's like, next, Nightwing versus Blockbuster.
0: I mean, it could have been Am worse. I- they could have had family video there instead of Blockbuster.
1: <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> man i don't know am i wrong in thinking that that's just dumb as hell i do think it's pretty stupid because it's
0: like changing a character that drastically and then also like showing his identity to them it that that's a lot of stuff for the next writer and that's like a very Bendezzi type of thing to do where it's like I've changed this for forever, so if you're not paying attention to it, well, (laughs) you're a bad writer for not doing it, even though I don't have to pay attention to anything else anyone else ever did. So, you know, like, eh, it's not my cup of tea.
1: Yeah. Like, up to this point, it it was mostly really good. Like, he writes the characters in character, it's just like the choices he made to make this happen just are—they just don't make sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> Plus, I don't know. Even even all that still makes John kind of look like a scumbag, right? Because right mm-hmm. after this girl is taken away, he's like, "Well, guess I'll shack up with Mary." <laughs> well, could have the same age.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could have just been, you know, he had a one night stand with this girl, and then, then you know, he was like, "Oh, him and Mary were talking." He's like, "I oh, I've always liked you too," and then you know, something like that it might not just have been like,
1: "Well, this one left time for this <laughs> one," you know. I don't know, dude. However, however it worked, I don't think it worked. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I'm having trouble giving it a grade because like the, the current day stuff that Bruno Redondo did was exceptional. And then I thought that flashback car was exceptional. And when Dick is just interacting with people, he's very much in character. I just think that the secret sister thing is just stupid as hell. So I, I don't know what to grade it. Am Amazing? I gonna keep reading it? Yes, but because I have to know what this train wreck is gonna turn into. but it's I not mean, it's not like Black Knight where I'm like, I hate all of this, but I'm gonna keep reading. It's like some of it's good, but this is really dumb. Yeah. I mean, you can give it an incomplete. I'll allow it. As your co-host, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'll just I'll say six, okay. I'll say six.
0: All right. So next for me is Flash Seven Seventy Two, and this is by uh, Jeremy Adams with Will Conrad's art. And I like this issue a lot. Like it's very much kind of like basically like a breather. Like is this kind of setting up stuff for Flash? Like after all of this crazy stuff that's happened, it's just like, oh yeah, he's looking for our job, Mister Triffic who's you know owns like a whole bunch whole chunk of stuff comes to him and he's like because like wally gets a job at this like basically speed lube and mr terrific shows up and he's like hey i own this you know i own the speed lube basically you know (laughs) and he's like you work for me but i'm gonna fire you because this is wasting your talents i'm gonna actually have you come you know work at one of his big labs, and like Mister Triffic here, it's basically just MCU Iron Man, like in all the best ways. Like, there's a part where like he's explaining all the different benefits, all the people that you know who works for him has, and all this stuff. And then like as he's he's like, and now I gotta get some free. Like, he's like, I have some you know matters of you know great emergency to take care of, free lunch. And then he like while as he's walking away, he's like, by the way, Steve your math's wrong right there it should be point something something the dude's like how does he do it and like it's great like i i absolutely loved it and but it's like my one di- the one thing i don't like is like he's giving wally west this big like lab job and it's like wally west is a mechanic like he should not be an engineer at all like i mean I, the re his reasoning behind it is you know the speed he knows the speed force better than anybody even Barry he's you know all that stuff but it's like he can't be telling you know steve the engineer that he knows speed force and the multiverse and all that stuff like so i'm curious how that's going to work but uh then he it's like revealed heatwave has cancer and so he's just got to you know there was like yeah just do something that makes you comfortable and it turns out that's burning buildings and that's how the issue ends it's like speed force is uh uh, heat wave is fighting Wally and it's such a good issue it's really nice not having a like all of Williamson's run which I loved was speedsters basically and then like this whole first first I'm see sorry.
1: like what do something that makes it comfortable turns out that's burning <laughs> yeah functions. that's the quote of the episode that's the title
0: <laughs> that's um the title but so it's like you know he then the next the this whole first arc is just oh the speed forces is you know trapping bear, he's going throughout time so it's nice that we're just getting like a regular rogue as like you know probably like, three issues two issues that's a nice little you know, cooldown before
1: probably the next speedster, the next speedster. villain that we <laughs> yeah that we have to deal with i'm glad you're liking it i'm still sad that i dropped it when i did i, I know just stuck with it but I mean, dude, this is a good jumping-on point. I'll just throw that out there. True, and I am a big fan of Mister Terrific. All right, now I'm gonna do Moon Knight number one, which was written by Jed McKay and art done by Alessandro Capuccio. I gotta say, Casey, this was pretty awesome.
0: Nice, dude. I'm I'm happy for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is like the opposite of Max Venus, oh, <laughs> which wow. is exactly what you want for a Moon Knight book. Say anything about this book then. I ah, see what you did there. Um, the art is just fantastic. I want to show you. Yes, here here it is. Dude, that's pretty great.
0: That's That's background of your phone material right there.
1: I know, man. It's good stuff. So anyway, uh, so Mark Spector is doing the whole Mr. Knight thing from the Warren Ellis run where he wears this suit and he has this business called the Midnight Mission where he protects those who needs protecting uh, while they travel at night. And I mean, that doesn't actually involve people physically traveling. It's just anybody in his neighborhood that needs help at night. He's there for them. And it's funny because the the first group of like bad guys that he busts up is like a vampire pyramid scheme. Like these two vampires are in a truck and he turns around and he's talking to four vampires that look really sad in the back. And he's like, you're our subordinates. But you go out tonight and infect people and they're your subordinates and then you reach the rank of, uh, of Omicron level. And it's just like kind of hilarious that this yeah. is even a thing. So props to Jed McKay on the humor. Um, but yeah. Throughout this whole issue Mr. Knight is also talking to this lady that the, that the Avengers set him up with who's a therapist uh, dealing with Superhumans and also people with like personality disorder thankfully they don't focus too much on that yet uh but basically moon knight's just telling her like his whole life story and catching up anybody that doesn't know anything about moon knight could jump in this issue and be totally caught up which i think is fantastic and he does it in such a good way to where it's not taken up it's it's not like my hero academia where like 20 of the 30 minutes is a recap of what's already happened, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Then we get more stuff of like him fighting night creatures in hallways, which looks awesome. Um, and then we get to meet the new bad guy. And this guy is really, really interesting. He is also a uh, like a religious follower of Khonshu. Like Khonshu is this guy's God. And he, he talks with Moon Knight and he's like, I don't think you've been doing a good job as the fist of Khonshu. Like, I think you you have made this like Khonshu's work your own and it's not true to Kanshu, And Khonshu is actually being held in, like, an Asgardian prison because of, you know, I guess something happened in the Avengers that was, like, a Moon Knight-heavy arc that had yeah. to do with, like, the Phoenix Force and stuff like that. So, while Khonshu's not here and talking to Moon Knight, he's, like, still trying to, to be the fist of Khonshu, but this guy doesn't think he's doing it the right way. Uh So, yeah. He has his own like statue of khonshu at his home and there's a monologue about how he's gonna break moon knight's faith down to where he doesn't believe in anything at all and then he says your right hand has failed you khonshu but your left is not your other fist remains faithful and he calls himself hunter's moon and that's what he looks like which is also pretty neat
0: can you raise that up a little bit oh sorry Oh, nice! That is cool looking.
1: Yeah, and his like his actual name is like Doctor Bader or Batter. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. There, there's rumor that this guy's gonna show up in the show, which could be neat.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, that's gonna be needed because he like Moon Knight doesn't have a huge Rogues Gallery.
1: <laughs> he doesn't. And the problem with Moon Knight is they they like always go back to the same one. It's like always uh, Bushman or yeah. Gosh, I can't. I can't even name. Yeah, there was like a, like two brothers that were big, uh, rogues for him. But anyway, this is like a really refreshing, uh, you know, start for Moon Knight. He gets a cool new bad guy, which is actually going to test him in a way he hasn't been tested before. Like nobody else has also been mm-hmm. a follower of Conchu, so I think that's pretty neat. They're gonna be like battling for konshu's love i guess for lack of a better term and if it came to it kanshu would choose this bad guy because conchu not a nice god yeah so i don't know i'm all in on this though this was this was freaking awesome so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten like nice dude anybody that is interested in moon Knight, this is the perfect jumping on point point.
0: and i just heard that it might appear in the you know tv show so those prices have now gone up to 20 bucks per first issue. You're welcome. <laughs> <Probably Jake>. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next is Superman and the authority. And this is by uh, Grant Morrison with Mikkel Janin on the art. And so it's, and it's weird. Cause it's like, it starts off with uh, Superman talking to
1: JFK. I would say please don't do any like major spoilers because I no, will it, read this. I'm not minutes. going to,
0: but it's just it's what I don't get is I, I'm not hundred percent sure where this ta- like where the multiverse this takes place because like I said, it starts off with him talking to JFK and he's like, Hey, you want me to, you know, go with you to Dallas? And spoiler alert. JFK dies in Dallas in real life. <laughs> what? Dude, I
1: just said no spoilers. <laughs> and JFK's
0: like, "I right, don't worry about it. I'll be fine." So, you know, I don't think he's going to be fine. But uh then it kind of cuts to like the regular universe stuff and, you know, you get this is like mostly Manchester Black in this issue with Superman and it's those two kind of talking. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Like it's really interesting. I don't know anything about the authority. I know some Manchester Black because of, you know, just legal elite. But yeah, I'm very much into this. There's a lot like it's a way different world than what we, you know, what I thought going into it. I thought this was going to be regular continuity Superman, if I'm being honest. And since it's not, it's like it makes it even more interesting. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was good. How was Michael Jannin's art throughout? It was it. It was its standard. It was fantastic. There's okay. no no downsides to it. I, I just wanted it to be said out
1: loud. <laughs> I gotcha.
0: <laughs> okay, I just have the three we read together. Yep, that's all I got now too. Man, that do... was like perfect timing. I know. You want to do Shazam, Catwoman, and Blue and Gold? Because
1: I figured Blue and Gold we were both most excited about. Yeah, and that's exactly how I had him laying in here. So <laughs> look it's at destiny. Us. All right.
0: Okay. With Shazam, it's by Tim Sheridan with Clayton Henry on the art. And what'd you think?
1: I'll be honest. I actually thought it was pretty cool. I did
0: too. I thought it was pretty interesting. There's one thing, and I don't know if you'll be annoyed by it at all, but I was a little annoyed, is Billy was very, um, oh not smart with his use of trying to transform into Shazam because like I remember in the Pe- I don't remember who was writing it but in the Peter Krause series that he you know Billy was he talked about oh I cannot say I cannot transform into Captain Marvel inside because it the lightning can destroy the house I'm in and in this he's just like Shazam 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 and you know it's just like dude think before you Shazam man <laughs>
1: Yeah. I I honestly didn't think about that because I I haven't really read that much Captain Marvel. So th- this is kind of that's kind of why I picked this up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I also thought that Billy, like anytime I've like watched or read something with Billy, he's like way nicer than what he's being here. And like I get it because he's losing his powers, and that's probably A lot of stress on him and also we found out his best friend Freddie was in the hospital so that doesn't really help either I was just like dude chill out like these people are your friends and your mentors
0: well I I will say and I don't know how accurate this is because I did not read the Jeff Johns run but I know when he was writing him in new 52 he was a big old jerk Captain Marvel was or Shazam and so then I have a feeling that kind of transferred over into the other jeff john's you know shazam new 52 series or rebirth because it took forever for it to come out so i bet like that's still going on in this i bet they're trying to keep that type of character for shazam down that's my guess
1: right and i mean it wasn't like so jerky that i was like oh i can't read this yeah Not like when jeff wrote it in justice League. that Mm -hmm. was rough i was i was mad yeah But yeah, overall, I thought it was neat. Um, Lots of stuff being juggled, you know. He needs to go see Freddy in the hospital, but he also feels like he needs to go to actual hell Mm -hmm. to find the Rock of Eternity so he can keep being Shazam and help people. So it's like, if it seems like he doesn't care about seeing Freddy, but at the same time, the only thing going through his head is like, he doesn't want Shazam just to be super powered. He just, he wants to help people. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. Um, I really like the scene where Dr. Fate is having a meeting with the Titans. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: And um, <clears throat> I will say too, like, since I know this isn't Kent, Dr. Fate who's worked with Billy a lot in the past, I don't think um, I'm blank on the other Dr. Fate, the current Dr. Fate's name, but, I don't think he's worked yeah i don't think he has worked with you know uh, shazam a bunch so it's like it makes sense that he would be less likely to tell him but i think if it was kent he would be like yeah we need to go take care of this yeah i you know and like that because at first i was thinking like this is stupid he wouldn't just go to the teen titans be like hey guys so here's what's going on don't let don't let Billy know though. No, he would go to Billy and be like, hey, here's what's going on. Don't let let's just do this by ourselves. Let's not let the teen titans know because they're
1: gonna want to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes the most sense because Dr. Fate could just go by himself and take yeah. care of it. Um but yeah, hopefully he pops up more in this. I mean he has to because like the rock of eternity is involved, but mm-hmm. but overall. You know, I thought this was cool. He, you know, this uh, is what's his name, Dane, just uh, came to his room and opened up a portal to hell, and that's that's where it ends. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to the next one. I I didn't realize this was only going to be four issues. So yeah, we'll see what
0: happens. And I will say too, I like that the Teen Titans Academy stuff is actually like it's more than just. A Teen Titans Academy book like they need to do more with that because there are so many dang characters that Mm -hmm. that book can't get to all by itself
1: yeah Yeah, if if they keep spinning out minis out of that main book it's fine and I'll probably end up picking up most Mm -hmm. of them because I like the main book
0: yeah so far it's been great like the only thing I'm not looking forward to is for the future state crap that they did to happen yeah agreed (laughs) Uh, so uh, yeah, what, what would what you... Would you it? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask, Because so I was about to move on. Um, I'm probably giving it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I was thinking 8 for myself,
1: and I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Catwoman33, and this is written by Ram V, and the art... Cannot find the credits page. It's something Blanco. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Why don't they just put it
0: in the front? And you sound like, oh, dude, here it is. It's because I remember this was one of the coolest ways to do it. They had them as Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Fernando Blanco
1: and Jordi Belair on the colors. All right. Your initial thoughts?
0: Uh, I liked it a lot. I thought the story was really well written. I thought it was cool that. You know, like all the villains that showed up. I thought the art was fantastic, except when they got to fight scenes. And then like the action scenes don't look near as good as everything else, because otherwise it it looks great, but the action some of these action scenes just don't, in my opinion,
1: look that good. What about you, man? Yeah, I can agree with what you say. I like I mean, some, some of these panels where it's just, like, people's faces, like this one in particular of uh, Basil, it's, like, so good.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I was like, man, I love this art. This is so cool. Then, like, he they gets, like, to the end fight. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. But one thing that kind of, like, I need to check, but it's weird that they went with Basil,
1: because isn't he the Silver Age Clayface? I think so, but I mean, isn't that the one that was part of the Detective Comics team? I don't know, because I know the Silver Age one died.
0: Because Casually Comics, she did, like, I think it's up to six-part series on the Clayfaces.
1: Oh, right, because isn't
0: that her favorite or something? (laughs) I don't know. She just was, like, was talking about them. It was the type of thing where she didn't know that there was this many when she started doing it. And then she just started going through and like they're hilarious because she does voices like she'll do voice like when she's reading she'll read as them so she gives them all different voices and there was one where she was talking about i think it was the fifth clay face lady clay and that had john paul valley in it so she does a bad french accent for
1: it and it <laughs> killed me so funny <laughs> I do like, as you said, the, the villains that show up, the Clayface is like, you know, these these guys need a second chance, too. So it's like, OK, so we're going to see Cheshire and Killer Croc and Firefly as good guys. I wasn't very familiar with Knockout. Were you? No.
0: And like, I would have been kind of annoyed, like with annoyed with having Chesh- Cheshire in there because I'm like, she's one kind of bad like i mean like killer croc you can be like oh yeah, he does bad stuff but like i could see him helping she's one that i couldn't really see helping that much but you kind of have to include her since her daughter's there you know so like it makes sense
1: that that's that's going on i'm sure that's the only reason because she's killed a lot of people (laughs) yeah uh yeah i don't know overall though i thought it was pretty cool i i'm just like kind of ready for this weirdo in the leather coat to kind of wrap up you know what i mean it's like what's really going on with this guy because the most like interesting stuff to me is the other stuff happening
0: i will say like after reading the annual you did get a lot more about him that was that makes him a lot more interesting I, do you want me to spoil, did you read the annual or do you want nah, me to spoil like, yeah. so basically he was trained by the people that trained John Paul Valley and then John Paul Valley's dad, the the church people were like yeah, we don't want, we're like people are looking in, at, in on us or something, so just uh, kill all of them, so he, John Paul Valley's dad killed all of them except for this guy, this guy got away and now he's basically a hitman, so it's like Someone that's, you know, Azrael level basically is who looks like, you know, hipster hot topic guy <laughs> is, yeah. you know, the one is the bad guy now. So it's like it gave him a lot more cred and made him a lot more interesting. He still just looks stupid.
1: Yeah, he does. But the end is cool. She's like bleeding out in the water, thinking nobody's going to come for her. And she looks up. And she sees Batman diving into the water. I think she's probably tripping <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But who knows? Maybe it is him. Either way, I thought this issue was pretty neat. Uh, I think I'll give this one a 7.
0: Well, we're going to switch because I'm giving this an 8. do right on. Okay. And last up is going to be Blue and Gold, a book that we have been excited for for ages. And this is by Dan Juergens with Ryan Sook on the art. And I'm just going to say this art is fantastic. The story is pretty great too. What did you think?
1: I loved it, dude. Like, Ryan Sook is mostly a cover artist. So when I find out he's going to be doing the interiors, I was thrilled. And he does not disappoint like none of these scenes it's like oh you can tell he rushed this like he's just good all the time Mm -hmm. the concept is cool uh i loved black adam getting booster away from the group so that they could invite ted to be on the league like i thought that was awesome and i i love too though when ted's like trying to get them to
0: talk about, you know, bringing booster on. And they're all like saying bad things about him, except Batman who Batman loves him because of that dang booster gold series, you know, where he basically tried to save Barbara. And, you know, he remembers that. And I'm like, that's, that's continuity. That's, that's stuff that we love to see.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Every, everything about this was really cool I, I love that they poke fun at themselves too because was yeah. like we were on the league and even ted's like yeah when it was not the a-listers yeah. the one they... thing that annoyed me though is
0: like all the comments that he would get on his thing, you know, because like not a single one of them was a porn bot, and that's how you know this isn't realistic. Because if you go into <laughs> one like famous person's comment section, the first thing is always like, I'm home alone, right. don't
1: look at my story. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I feel you. They like I read them all, and like none of thankfully all of them were super short, or it would have been like too much, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's cool they they want to be on the league even they're like we don't know half the people on the team so let's start our own thing right and i Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool so we'll see what happens there and the the villain that we see on the last page has a pretty cool design um she's kind of like you know these two warriors thwarted our plan give me the word and i'll go take care of them and it's like they're not that great warriors this is gonna be awesome (laughs) i know i'm excited
0: now see like i'm glad i didn't because it sounded terrible just the stuff that happened but it's like does ted cord not have money did like he lose all of it in suicide squad
1: I didn't read it. I I didn't know
0: if like you read, you know, if you just read stuff online that would tell you or anything like that or if any of your customers were telling you because like like, the way he talks throughout, it sounds like he doesn't have money. So
1: (laughs) yeah, and it sounds like he doesn't want to tell Booster that.
0: Yeah, which can you blame him?
1: No. (laughs) I don't know, but I feel like it's just when they're deciding to like team up Booster's like you know and we've got cord industries to back it up so i i don't i wonder if like it could be a thing kind of like they do with iron fist sometimes where it's like he's still a big part of the company he's just not like major shareholder or something yeah, so who gotcha. knows we'll we'll see we'll see what happens yeah, sure. but either way i still love this book uh it's it's a 9 out of 10 for me
0: yeah 9 out of 10 for me too i you know yeah. it was
1: it was pretty fantastic yeah and as far as stuff that we are excited for next week, I'm gonna go ahead and say Mighty Valkyries number four. So I've been digging that book quite a bit. Um, Icon and Rocket number one. I'm all about the milestone stuff coming out. I hope that that's cool. And I mean, man, there's like there's like several that I could mention here. Yeah. Right? I'll go ahead and I'll say Robin, number four. That's That's oh. been one of my favorites lately.
0: All right, so I'm going to be much more uh, basic with mine, but I'm going to say Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade, <laughs> number five. I hope that's a good jumping on point. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Better Ray Bill, Daredevil, and um, Headlopper, number 16.
1: I left off those two because I knew you were going to say them.
0: Yeah, Daredevil (laughs) and Black Knight. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right. So Fantastic Four. The Bucks won the NBA championship going through probably the hardest way that they could. And, you know, it was basically like the perfect thing for Jake, the happiest thing that could happen for Jake. So give me four times where things went incredibly right for you in comics.
1: Well, sure uh this is gonna be a little all over the place so if these aren't exactly what you were looking for then i apologize it doesn't matter
0: man we, we make up the rules
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna say dick grayson becoming batman and i know that 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 might be a weird one for some people but that was one where like if it had gone on longer i think it's like it would have been just fine and the stuff that we got was amazing um and then this is kind of vague but like the 90s bat family creative teams overseeing all of the bat family stuff that happened like they were all working together in the 90s across all the bat books and i think that's one of the best times in in batman comics in my opinion and then Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples teaming up at Image Comics for this little, you know, indie book called Saga. That was maybe like, and I know that's kind of a new book, but that that's like really the one that got me away from just Marvel and DC altogether. And uh, and and now I read all sorts of stuff that's not done by the big two. And then lastly, I know this has like been very DC-heavy, but I'm going to say Rebirth happening at DC back in 2016. Because right before that, at the end of the New 52, DC was in a very, very, very bad spot. Like, I know there for a while, I don't know that Casey was reading any DC comics. And... was probably still reading some. Well, I just know we had conversations where you were like... I don't like anything that I'm <laughs> reading at DC right yeah. now and uh, you know, rebirth happened and a lot of it was awesome. And I know it's kind of evolved into this infinite frontier, but everything they're doing so far as is, is mostly amazing. So yeah. those are my answers, dude.
0: Right on dude. So for me, I'm going to go with Mark Wade's daredevil that was just like that really got me into the character. Um I'll say all Star Superman because you know, I thought about doing that one too. Yeah, it's just the best. Um I'll say the Half Century War, like it's just about a as a Godzilla fan, you know, being a Godzilla fan goes it's like the best possible godzilla comic book that you could read and i don't know just the new 52 i'm gonna say that because it was just it like you know really kind of got it you know what we wanted with comics that knew what it was doing yeah it was it was great i
1: mean we got 52 new titles
0: yeah and they were drawing the line at 299 so that was pretty great yeah, for about three issues. Yeah. Dude, I love that. Like I'll like looking at some of the older comics where they're like we're drawing the line at 299. It's like man, I wish you would have.
1: They did for about a year. I looked yeah. it up once. I think it was right out a year. Man, that would have been great if they do that again. I'll but dude, if you think about it, it's way better than back in the day when any time a comic was like Still twenty five cents, where it had still on there. The next issue is when it would change. So they'd really? only do it for an issue.
0: <laughs> Dude, do you remember? This was like I never got it because it was like still Walden Books era for you know for for me. So I know this would have been before you're reading comics, but you probably still have heard about it. There was an anniversary issue of the Fantastic Four that came out. That came out at the price that the original Fantastic Four came out at. And I guess like it's like when you look at the sales numbers, it sold incredibly well because it only, you know, cost 12 $0.25. Cents. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I never got to read it. I always wanted to, though, but never got to. The one that got away. I know, right? Like, I need to get that for $0.12. Cents.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's the end of the episode. Oh, I do want to say this really quick. I read... All of Demon Slayer in the last like two weeks. And you've had um, Starman for how long? Quiet, you. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I've seen the anime a couple times and then I watched the movie a few weeks ago. I was just like, Dude, I can't wait for season two. It's supposed to drop this year. I was like, I, I gotta I gotta read it. I need to know what happens because I'm starting to see like spoiler things online because the story had wrapped up like a few months ago and I just didn't want the ending ruined for me. And it was amazing. Like nice a spoiler alert a lot of them die like so many of them died and, and at parts was very emotional I, I shed many tears if you guys need a good manga Demon Slayer
0: does your shop offer a good
1: selection of manga <laughs> no no it doesn't but my shop can order manga if that Ooh, is your thing I got you and I'm happy to do so and have done so for people All right. Anyway, closing plugs, if you would please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give our page a little like you can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram where I often share some of our favorite covers to comics and that is at two worlds pod You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And please uh, review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. We would really appreciate it. And again, we are on YouTube, have been for a little while. I throw in a little exclusive story, or Casey throws in an exclusive story during our ad break. So if you want to get the full Two Worlds podcast effect every episode, check us out on YouTube.
0: Yeah, and like I said, if you leave, if there's at least three comments... Jake, watch Purge (laughs) 2021. He has to watch all of the Purges and then rate them with a heavily edited video.
1: (laughs) Why would you do this? Nobody (laughs) wants that.
0: I want that. I hope our (laughs) listeners do too. But hey, we'd love to stay in chat, but we got to get matching tattoos. So if Jake ever gets his memory erased, we can both look at our arms and he'll know we're related or friends
1: bye guys bye